Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Today we have with us author, speaker, and coach, the life fulfillment catalyst expert and master astrologer, Howard Sample. He is the founder and director of the Life Crafting Program. He has devoted over three decades guiding individuals to clarify their purpose, passion, gifts, and making money doing what they love. He is the author of Craft Your Genius Life, Move Beyond Your Limiting Beliefs to Fulfill Your Destiny. If you see yourself as an out-of-the-box thinker with a desire to have an impact, you will find this book to be a lifelong toolkit for your present situation and your successful future. Our listeners know that Mandy and I are out-of-the-box thinkers for sure, so we are happy to have Howard join us today. Hi, Howard. Hello there. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm excellent. Excellent. Hello. Hello. Love to both of you. <laughs> yes. We're excited to finally have you on. Uh, where are you at today? Where do you live? Oh, I am just north of San Francisco in uh, Marin County. Awesome. Yeah. Just, I love living here. It's great. just want to do a sound check really fast. Do you hear that, Shanna? Yeah. Do you hear anything on your end? I'm not here on my end. I'm not hearing anything. Are you sure you don't have an alien with you? Uh, not that I'm aware of, but the aliens that usually visit me are not noisy. They're not. They're <laughs> quiet. They're really not dealing with it. Well, pretty quiet. Yeah. I mean, it does. It sounds like energy. Oh, energy. All right. Well, who knows? I mean, maybe my spirit guides decided they, hey, we want to hang out with you guys and we want to hear this interview. You know, we want yeah, they do. to participate, you know, in that interview, you know. <laughs> anyway. Oh, we get that a lot when we have on like mediums there. We have like strange voices come through. So, hey, you never know. <laughs> exactly. Well, I have this this method that I use with the, these things called astrodice. They're uh, three uh, 12-sided cubes with astrological symbols on them. And then I use them to ask the universe anything I want to know about anything. At any I love moment. it. And I get all this incredibly deep and precise guidance. And it's really, truly like a conversation, typical back and forth. Come on, come on, make that simpler. Tell me simpler, you know, whatever. Uh, and it's just, it's astounding. Not a day goes by that I'm not blown away by the kind of conversations, you know, that I can have. That's <laughs> so cool. Yeah, I was telling Shanna, I saw that on your Twitter, the Astro Dice. And I love that there's so many different tools. Like we had on this couple yeah. from Netherlands the other day that was using the um, I Ching and that we'd never knew a lot about. And then Astro Dice, I've never heard of. So is that something that you created? No, What's the history? No, I, I, didn't, I didn't create it. By the way, I used I Ching like over 20, 30 years ago. But uh, no, I didn't invent the Astro Dice. I discovered them. Uh, I'm afraid to say the date. <laughs> Going, I made my first trip here from New York. And uh, anyway, I went into the hospitality suite for the conference that I was attending, and I found the Astrodice. It's a primitive version back then, but it anyway, it evolved. It evolved since then. And since I've done lots of events where, you know, dinner party events where people gather around a table and everybody goes around and asks questions. And sometimes it's astounding because 
something that a person has grappled with in like one minute, it's solved. It's solved in one minute, you know. Wow. That, because we're always in our beliefs, we're always creating a whole narrative and story about what something is when in fact it isn't any of that. It's all made up. So so mm -hmm. the dice can cut sometimes can cut through that and say, hey, this is simple, do this or change this or do this or whatever you know oh you mean because us humans like to complicate everything yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> well we like to complicate it in a, in a story-based way like one yeah. of my usual things is people have experiences which take place within a moment or two or three and within a matter of a second or two after the experience happens our mind has created a whole story about what it is and what it means and within, within about another 10 seconds following that, the experience is completely forgotten and the story takes the place of the experience. Mm -hmm. From then on, the story is the experience. Yeah, and then you're digging out of the rabbit hole. And, right, and then the whole story <laughs> keeps creating a deeper and deeper narrative because the person believes their own story. Then you check back 10 years later and they're still believing that story. So un unless you become self-reflective and you go in and you start asking the questions and unraveling and dismantling, you're, you're living in a, in a, in a fairyland. You're living in okay. a nonsense land, you know? So I have a question for you about that, Ben. So say that you have, you know, some an experience and it's like this, wow, synchronicity. And of course, our brains are going to hurry up and do that. Well, say we don't pay much attention, but yet those synchronicities keep happening, you know, or, or these signs keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. Well, there's, there are different, you know, the thing is we can have um, synchronicities and stories that are empowering to us in life. And given that there's always going to be a story about pretty much everything, there's no harm in creating any number of stories that you like uh, or ones that maybe are de by default as long as they empower you and those around you. Yes. I'm not saying that stories are bad. Stories are wonderful and they're necessary. We can't really live without them. It's, mm -hmm. it's the only uh, time there's an issue is when we made up a story. This happened because of that, because that person's stupid and this person's that, and, <laughs> about him, and he's always like that, isn't he? And, you know, and when you make up those kinds of stories, then they become, you know, disempowering and limiting and then, yes and then they self-perpetuate into further further disempowering stories and beliefs and patterning well and i think that's a huge piece of my frustration right now in life is how much of what is actually happening in our world is fact versus story well that's a great 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 question now the thing about it is that we have an ability as human beings, as, as infinite spiritual beings, we have this capacity to really know the truth at a deep part of us. We have that ability to recognize the truth. Unfortunately, through massive amounts and decades amounts of mind control, there has been a diminishment of that capacity to the truth. Plus our culture is oriented towards find the truth outside, 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 rather than inside. And our intuition has been discouraged and turned off like a switch. For young children in school, for example, you don't often have teachers that say, trust your intuition. What does your intuition tell you? 
So the long and short of it is that we have basically uh, have a society of people who are uh, hypnotized, you know, they're essentially completely in hypnotic trance, you know, government media says jump off a cliff and we say, wow, what a really good idea. And then we do that and then we wonder what, why, what, where, where. So as you may, I don't know if you guys know about my video series, because I created a a nine-part video series about a year ago called Mind Control to Freedom. It's a free video series I co-produced with a woman in Texas. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> in any event, uh, it's very, very cool because in the in the video series, we we identify mind control, we 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 step back from it enough and then we shed a light on it and then we dismantle it. We literally break it apart piece by piece by piece by piece so that everyone can see the mechanisms of how it's working, the agendas that are operating, the goals. We identify who, what, when, where. So we take the mystery out of uh, that whole thing and we basically restore people's critical thinking skill, which is, of course, that article on LinkedIn. Uh, we re restore the critical thinking skill because truthfully, if, you know, human beings uh, retain their critical thinking skills, their common sense, their rationality, their gut feelings, none of what is happening today in the world could ever happen, could ever happen. It's completely impossible without mind control. Yeah. So what did, what did you discover when in doing that? What I discovered is that that there is that there is a mechanism in play with mind control. There's methodology, there's systems, there's strategy, there's sophisticated, deep, sophisticated psychological processes going on. And they're identifiable and noticeable and see, you know, determinable. But in the end, people will believe whatever they want to believe. I never tell people what to believe. I only guide them to know how to determine what they are believing and see, okay, if that's suitable to you, if it's acceptable to you, go right on. And if it's not, then you can change it to something else. That's all. That's really funny. One of the first questions that ever hit me, I talk about it all the time, but it was a life-changing question, was how much of what you believe have you actually experienced to believe? And of that, how much were you told to believe? And that just messed me up so bad, Howard. And I realized that most of my belief systems and things that I was living by, I had just been told to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we call that indoctrination. We call it because doctrine is the word of, you know, rules to obey, a doctrine, mm -hmm. rules to obey. And then in, which means to fill up with, to mm. fill up. So we fill up. And I love the example of story of a dad with a four-year-old uh, son who has experienced lots of hardship in his life. And so he wants to prepare his son for the realities of life. He wants him to be realistic and to know what life really is. So he starts at age four telling his son, son, life is hard. It's just hard. And you just have to make the best of it, but life is hard. And he keeps repeating that over and over again through all the, the years. By the time the boy is 10, 
that belief is deeply embedded in his subconscious, but he has no memory of ever really hearing it. So we now we fast forward to age 40, and the man is now struggling with everything around him and completely clueless that that was all initiated. And the irony of it is his dad did it totally out of love, totally out of love because he knew in his reality, life was hard, and he wanted to prepare his son for what was actually real. This is, it's a microcosm, macrocosm thing, because what I just described happens in every family, in every, you know, everywhere. We're constantly being being indoctrinated. And unless you develop that little switch, hmm, let's see, do I want to believe that? Hmm, is that really supporting me or not? You know, do, you know, what other options are available? Can I believe something different? You know, and all the those mechanisms. So that's wow. what we do in life crafting. We help people develop that discernment or reclaim it. I mean, they've always had it. So reclaim that ability to self-reflect and to examine and discern and you know and re-choose we decide again what is well and then to make things even more difficult don't you find that we ourselves are our own worst enemy and that sometimes we even brainwash ourselves yes uh yes that's absolutely the case when there is an already a predisposition of some kind or other to do that so let's say let's take the example of virgo <laughs> so so we take the example of Virgo, there's a, there's a predisposition to being critical of everything. Uh, mm -hmm. And to imagine some state of perfection that's totally illusion and yet something that you have to uh, continually strive to achieve. And then- That's I, my moon. Oh. And then I remember uh, Werner Erhard, who is a Virgo, who, who is a Virgo, he made a statement at one point that I thought was the mo one of the most profound things. He said, perfection is a state in which things are the way they are and are not the way they are not. <laughs> oh, yeah. Say, and so, say that one more time. Yeah, yeah. Perfection is a state in which things are the way they are and are not the way they are not. Now, let me give you a little trick that I think can help a lot with that. It's called an evolutionary perspective. It works like this. Life is absolutely perfection today. It can never be any better right now in this moment. It's definitely better than yesterday. And tomorrow will be a further state of evolution on what is today. So there's a never-ending, infinite progression of, of states of perfection. Every one is a state of perfection. If, if you embody that, you're never making yourself wrong or another person wrong for for anything you're savoring appreciating and in gratitude for the moment for what is now you see the opportunities in it you see the the perfection in it uh and then you build you build on that okay and if you have a set of beliefs that continue to undermine for example an inner voice or whatever the good news is <laughs> those beliefs can be shifted. Those beliefs can be shifted. You simply need to have the technology for working with beliefs at a deep inner level, which again, in life crafting, we teach clients those kinds of skills. 
which, you know, ultimately is a form of personal emotional mastery. With that, you can pretty much go and do anything. Without it, you're kind of like an emotional pinball machine. <laughs> Sadly. In there. <laughs> going, going from one reaction to the other. So, yeah. And but I don't want to represent Virgo in a negative light because every sign of the zodiac has, you know, has its upside and its downside. It has its areas of brilliance, you know, and then it's, it has its lessons of what it's learning. So mm -hmm. for Virgo, the lesson is everything is already perfect and there's nothing to make perfect, okay? But then Virgo brings its brilliance in the form of taking that perspective for writing computer code or, you know, or for doing something that requires that incredibly impeccable and precise, you know, sort of attitude. Uh, well, that makes sense for me. I'm also a Taurus though, so I have- I'm a Taurus too. I'm, well, so is Mandy. Ah, my goodness. We well, always attract Tauruses. I'm in, a, I'm in April 27, Taurus with a Leo and, and Libra rising. <laughs> yeah. Mandy's a, a Pisces moon. Yeah, I'm April, okay. April 25th. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like highly intuitive and highly compassionate nature. Yeah. Sounds yeah. about right. You're like a master astrologist. Can you actually be talking to someone and kind of figure those things out almost? Well, I figured them out uh, from an, I guess you could say from an archetypal or energetic right. dimension. I, mm -hmm. I don't try guessing people's signs, but I do feel the archetype and the yeah. archetype can show up in any ways because it could be not just a zodiac sign but it could be for example planetary planetary configurations can bring about a similar or house placements within a birth chart can really? bring about yeah can bring about uh because a birth chart is an exact moment in moment of time that is like a snapshot of a moment in time in which mm -hmm. you see the exact position of all the planets and they are, that acts essentially like a blueprint for your life. So you set up that blueprint, you come in and you say, okay, this is what I want to focus on in this lifetime. This is what I want to learn. This is what I want to give as gifts to others, you know, and you already have your kind of an orientation or framework. And yeah. what is kind of, what is going to be the, you could say the pivotal point in all of that is, am I going to be pursue a path of self-reflection, of personal spiritual growth, you know, with the support system, et cetera. If I'm going to pursue that, then the likelihood is I'm going to, I'm going to max out. I'm going to optimize the expression of my birth chart, and I'm going to be the best version of me that I can ever be. If you go the other way, where you push all that away and you, you know, then you're going to likely manifest more of the challenges and more of the problems that are intrinsic in your chart. It just mm. is. That's why being on a spiritual path is, is the, the absolute critical, pivotal piece. Yeah. Mm. So you have a team that you work with and you guys will help people kind of break down and then give them tangible tools to um, explain how they can bring uh, awareness um, to their critical thinking, their limited beliefs. And, and then do you add in astrology to this as well? Yes, yes. We always begin the journey with new people with where they are. We don't, we have this, 
huge, huge toolkit. We have this huge, you know, treasure chest, let's say. But we begin where people are because that's what's real and alive, what's alive in them. So if a person comes in and says, you know, I hate my job, I just hate it, hate it, hate it. And I've got to get out of my job some way. I don't know how. I, I'm depending on the income, uh, you know, and we got kids in college and blah, 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 blah. Then we begin there. And career life transition is the has been for over 30 years the main centerpiece of life crafting. And that's where the roadmap that I mentioned earlier is so incredibly valuable because it looks at the whole picture, the whole journey of going from where you are to that ultimate place of fulfillment in life. It breaks it down and gives you all the milestones and all the processes. Once a person's in the journey and they're moving along, then we're, we, we act as guides to guide them. And as, okay. they hit off, as they hit up on certain points, we can then say, well, that's cool that you've hit this problem. We have this resource over here that can help you with that. And you can get that over there. Uh, or, or maybe you already have that tool in your tool chest. You just don't realize it yet. And here it is. Or, you know, it could be any number of things. Uh, ultimately, when people move to our higher level programs, then they're working directly with me. And so it becomes a, a much deeper uh, mentoring, you know, a deeper mentoring type of type of relationship. But we have, you know, we have steps for, you know, in everyone. And then now the, the latest thing I got to mention to you, the latest and hottest thing right now is cryptocurrency. So now we're teaching people crypto and we're accelerating the movement for people to get to a place of financial freedom. So if you're accelerating, then then at the same time, you're moving people along the journey of making money, doing what you love, fulfilling your life purpose, et cetera, et cetera. And wow, that's yeah. brilliant. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, I, I started about four or five years ago. I had a knack for it because my background, of course, with mathematics, not that I have using any technical skill in crypto, but it's just the overall analytical you know, having spent so many years early on in a very analytical, abstract kind of mode, it, yeah, you in, inevitably carry that over. But my course, well, though, is designed to help absolute beginners who don't mm -hmm. even know what crypto is or are afraid of it or think it's too complicated or any of that. And I love helping beginners really get friendly with it and, and create that transition so then in... Uh, three to six months, they can have a profitable portfolio and a really nice, like a seamless integration with their fiat, with their fiat money, their make-believe money. So, so then they can navigate all the areas in life that they need to navigate really well. Wow. You, you know, I'm going to take you back really fast. So you talked about this, you know, 30 years plus in, in, in your career, and it seems like what you've been doing for a long period of time is helping other people find their purpose. Can we go back a little and can you talk about, you know, what was Howard like as a child? How were you brought up? How did you get into astrology? How oh, did- Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I'm happy to share all of that. I, uh, I grew up in the Bronx. <laughs> I grew up in the Bronx in, in a Jewish home. Uh, I would say pretty leaning, pretty on the orthodox side uh, of Judaism. So there were a lot of rules 
follow a lot of do's and don'ts and things of that nature that I was subjected to early on. But I was a very imaginative child. You know, like if my dad put tar on the cracks in the sidewalk in front of our house, I imagined those tar things were tracks for my little trucks or my little, you know, vehicles. I made everything into, you know, a, a creative process, okay? You know, I love music from a very early age. Uh, my dad and uncle, uh, oh, the best thing actually is my dad uh, had this game with me at the dinner table where he would hum classical tunes and quiz me to see if I could guess the piece that he was, that he was humming. <laughs> Humdingers. <laughs> that was rather frustrating at the time, but did I learn a lot of music? And my dad wasn't a musician and he didn't play anything. He just knew music from listening to the radio, you know? Anyway, then I went to college, was a math major, but took all the music courses with the music majors, except for theory, composition, performance, came back home and reversed the thing, hummed the melodies, and you know, challenged him to guess to guess what they are. So, so you could see there's a, a real thread of the creative, imaginative thing there. Then when I finally got my master's in mathematics and I was pursuing that for a number of years with a aim towards getting my PhD and, you know, being a college professor, the universe just had a little bit of a different plan for me. You know, <laughs> you know that joke about life happens when you're making other plans, you know. <laughs> so I, I did not pass my PhD oral exam. And the committee wanted me to take the exam again, which is not, which is fairly common for, you know, for PhD students, you know, whatever. And I said, no, thanks. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. I said, no, thanks. Because by that stage, I was already getting a lot of inner guidance, spent one summer stoned on hot brownies that, <laughs> that, that these hippie kids were giving me when I was living. And, and then after that, I opened the yellow pages, the yellow pages. Yeah. I found a nearby school that taught astrology because they figured, well, hey, I don't have any clue how the universe works. If I don't really understand this, I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> so yeah. so I, I opened it up, went out there and started to study seriously. And that was an amazing experience. My teacher was this insecure Gemini woman who was very threatened by a man like, oh, my God, a man in my class. How could that be? And from day one, he's like, I'm going to be an astrologer. I'm not messing around. I really want to learn this. So anyway, you could see it was fun. There was a lot of really interesting dynamics. Anyway, I felt like, well, I, I kind of know this stuff. Like, yeah, it's familiar. I kind of know this stuff. So in a few years, I started to do charts. I started to teach. One thing led to the next. And then eventually I moved to California because New York had completed its role. <laughs> the Marilyn Ferguson book. The Aquarian Conspiracy, published in 1980. It's a very, very good book. Still a very good book today. That was the pivotal book that got me to California from New York. The Age of Aquarius. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> so it's fun, right, exactly. Well, of course, she demythifies all the various terms and you know associations. And then from that point on, I was guided. Everything that happened to me from 1980, 81, I was guided with every single thing, you know, and so I look back on it and I can see like this destiny unfolding and, you know, naturally flowing into the next step and the next step and trusting, and mm. trusting you know, but I did what I had to, to pay the bills. You know, I'm a Taurus. 
<laughs> yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> I did what I had to to pay the bills to take care of the basics, but I didn't lose the visionary continued learning and, you know, expanding and then eventually the pieces came together. I hope that answers your question. That's oh, a beautiful story. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. not only is it a beautiful story, but it also really gave me an idea of why that creative process is so important because you talk about that a lot in your program as well. I do. I do. I, I believe it's literally equivalent to your aliveness. Your creativity is the intersection point between the divine and the physical, between pure spirit and you as, as a physical being. It's that intersection point. Okay. Yeah. It's, the spirit has bestowed upon you to bring into the world, to share and, and really get into the world. So I know uh, it's your creation, right? Your unique individualistic creation, exactly. You know, I, I laughed because when you said the tar thing, I, I thought it just like dawned on me. Like sometimes I'll just be sitting there going to the bathroom and I'll look at the wall and yeah. I see all these shapes in the texture right. of the wall. Yeah. And I'm like, look, there's a cow. And <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, I work a lot, as you probably can guess, with imagination mm -hmm. and the law of attraction and mindfulness practices and tools. And I journal writing and I get people all these, these specific skill, you know, skills and then show them how they work together. But it's more like, okay, hey, try this, see what happens, try that, see what happens. And let people, you know, make their own discoveries. Wow, that, look at that. I only put my attention on that for this time. And look at all the things that the universe generated out of that time, putting that attention on there and that time. I mean, it's so much richness available, uh, accessible. If we just slow down and put our attention in places where we don't normally put our attention. Well, it's interesting because over the last two years that we've been doing this podcast, we've been such grateful students to so many amazing guests, but I kind of got stuck in this place where I was going down these rabbit holes and I was so curious and I couldn't get enough knowledge and I was learning so much, but the problem was I didn't know how to intertwine and integrate the two together. Yes, that's a big thing. Yeah. And so I, I felt kind of stuck. And then I had this aha moment where I was like, wow, I've been like Shan always says, kind of stuck up in my like crown chakra. And now I need to come down here and root myself and then combine the two together because I am human and I am living on earth. And so it, it sounds to me like you will help people to do just that, learn how to integrate the both. Absolutely. And when I look at a birth chart, you know, remember that astrology is not just a tool from the natal vantage point. Astrology is a time machine. It's a time machine. So basically what it allows us to do with the right skills is look into the future, not from the vantage point of predicting events, but from the vantage point, again, that evolutionary perspective I mentioned earlier to seeing what is your higher self inviting you to step into? What is it, you know, as the next stage in your, in your evolution and your growth? Now, if we can look at that and very concretely see the transits, the planetary transits in the house positions over six months or a year, we already know what that roadmap is from a metaphysical astrological standpoint, we can overlay that roadmap to your practical career business roadmap and work have them work 
work in conjunction with each other. We can merge them together. Pragmatic idealism with a with a spiritual twist. <laughs> yeah. Do you use that? I'm going to tell you right now. I know that my energy is off around a new moon. I mean, this week has been a freaking disaster for me. But I do oh, know I'm also not. for myself, I have a lot of energy around the full moon. And that is my best time. Well, it's very common to have uh, cycles and ups and downs and things like that, especially for women with, you know, their whole, you know, hormonal thing. (laughs) But, but you also can become masterful with the energy uh, so that it's not affecting you adversely or it's not dictating, you know, it's not dictating where you have to be or, you know, that timing element. You can be more more uh, at source or masterful, you know, with that, uh, with the way you want to orchestrate it, with the way you want to time it, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I think really intimately knowing your own birth chart and knowing the transits for the next year, and then looking at also important key relationships and all the interdynamics, because I'll sometimes do work with couples with both their birth charts, and I had. One amazing experience with this couple in Dallas uh, a couple of years ago, where I not only worked with the couple, but I worked with their two children, and I did the birth charts of the children, and then worked with the parenting dimension of how do you teach or guide somebody to be an optimum parent to a child, knowing the whole spiritual identity of the child. Completely amazing, mind blowing experience. Yeah, so, I just saw my kids. We all sat down together and talked about it. And as siblings, they were like, oh, that is so you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, those things can be yeah, quite extraordinary. Whenever two people are creating a meaningful relationship, regardless of what form it takes, because we have all our Earth-based categories, the universe doesn't really distinguish in that way. It just more deals with the overall energies anyway. But when you have two people doing that, there is always a purpose there in other words there's always things that each person in the relationship is learning uh, and facilitating learning in the other and whatever the patterns or challenges uh, are coming up there are there's often a mirror reflection you know a mirroring effect so there's what we call matching pictures sometimes like you each have an issue you were attracted to this person as a partner so that you could see the issue or the mirrored across. And then by working using the relationship as a vehicle for transforming that whole issue for both people. So the relationship is like workshop. It's like facilitating the, the transformation. It becomes a tool of transformation. So that's all doable and it's all, it's all possible. And I wanna add one thing for your audience it just occurred to me. The number one thing that undermines all relationships, no matter what form, is withheld communication. Always, always. With, withheld, we call them withholds. But withholds are generally brushed under the carpet by most people because they're too scary to communicate with that other individual. There's a thousand fears that tend to come up when considering communicating sensitive uh, issues or problems. But we all know the downside of that, that the longer that somebody has withholds, and the longer they hold back, 
in sharing their vulnerabilities with the other and resolving those things, then the more there's a distancing factor that comes into play, resentment and distancing, and eventually married couples become roommates <laughs> because the intimacy factor tends to go away. So I have one single tool that is absolutely ridiculously simple and yet profoundly effective in eliminating that pattern of withholds. And, and it's a way that any two people can safely, comfortably, effectively communicate withholds to the other so that the net result of it all is people just become incredibly more connected, more loving, more respectful. And when you realize you don't have to keep those things, you don't have to keep doing that, then your level of openness and co-creation and love and gratitude just explode, you know, beyond. Wow, that's gold. It is. It's totally gold. And it's, in, in fact, if I gave you this exercise on a sheet of paper, it wouldn't take up one third of a sheet of paper. Here one we go again. Keeping it simple. <laughs> and it's one thing. All you have to do is just follow the instructions exactly what's there and just keep doing it so you make put it on your calendar once a week or once every two weeks whatever and just do it your life will never be the same again oh my god how are you tease <laughs> i am a tease i am absolutely a tease i'm an intentional tease I make no apologies for being a tease. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, the two of you are the two of you are obviously already dear to me because of just our time that we spent together. So you know, I love to share with with you privately. I can Ooh, well, then then we hold the golden ticket. <laughs> you hold you hold the golden ticket. You hold the golden ticket. And you can tell your audience, hey, you know, got it's all there, it's all available. Uh, I have a personal confession to make is that I don't, uh, I've reached the stage in my life where I really don't need to work anymore. I don't need to do any work for money. I do what I do because it brings me immense joy and satisfaction and it's part of my life purpose and I have to do it well for my own aliveness, you know, contribute my gifts. So all I'm doing at this stage is just, you know, helping people duplicate or, you know, take mm -hmm. whatever that obviously cryptocurrency was a, was, you know, was a pivotal piece of that, yeah. of that puzzle. And, and I have my mom to thank because she passed recently at age 101, but she was, Whoa. she was a, uh, uh, and despite being a first grade teacher, she was a, a brilliant stock market investor and she spent several decades building a fortune you know, with the stock market. And when she finally lost interest, you know, I took over. <laughs> anyway, wow. Anyway, I took over and converted everything to crypto and then and then triple tripled it from that point. So anyway, that's the story. Wow. That's a the, the the story and uh whatever. I'm just you, you uh, know I I'm no, I love that. I love that. I'm wow, a hundred and one. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, she, so died, sorry for your she died on August the 3rd, and, I'm, and I've been more connected to her now in spirit than I have been when she was alive, because she's not encumbered by her body, by the difficulties of her body. We have a blast. You know, we are able to still talk and 
Oh, I had a medium session recently and just, we just had a fabulous time. You know what, Howard, let me ask you, maybe you're divinely giving to me for, maybe you can offer me two minutes of advice. My mother, after my dad passed, she's had a hard time. And so she doesn't quite know where she wants to be because she's alone. She's never been alone in her life. So she moved back to Louisiana because we're from New Orleans. That didn't work out because she missed her kids too much and her grandkids. So she recently moved back. Here in Colorado, real estate has gone up. Um, since January, the house that she sold has gone up $150,000. She can't even afford her old house. We weren't able to find her a home, so we rented her something close to me because that's what she wanted. But we'd like to invest her money so that way she doesn't spend it all, because she will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I was just thinking, I was like, maybe I should invest it in property and do rental. Just I'm trying to figure out the best move for her so that she's taken care of. Well, let, let me give you one, one slogan that has become one of my favorite, my, my favorite recent slogans, okay? U.S. dollars are ice cubes on a warm summer day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially my mom. You have a choice. You have a choice. You can either watch them melt and evaporate or do something different. But if you have a little bit of red pill knowledge, I call it red pill knowledge or specifically financial red pill knowledge, you know that dollars and euros were never designed from the beginning to empower humanity. They were designed to enslave humanity with debt rather than empower anybody. And we're seeing that play itself out now, of course, in a more dramatic way than ever before, because so there's way well over 97% of the purchasing power of the US dollar is gone, and the remaining 3% is diminishing at light speed. So I love real estate, real estate's good, but in terms of liquidity, I would say crypto, but there's a certain strategy in crypto, not just blindly going and buying. This is a minefield and you can blow yourself up easily. My course, and I'm happy to share the link with you so you can watch my 30 minute video. Uh, it's very Taurus. I mean, it's, it's really Taurus, you know, okay. it's, like it's step by step. It's safe, secure, low risk, step by step, seeing the incremental growth, the inter incremental profits that are pretty much inevitable if you understand the macro, you know, the macro trend. And then, you know, and then being able, like I said, have a, a, a nice interface, a nice seamless interface between your fiat world and your crypto world. So you can take care of all the things that you need to take care of wherever they may, will, may be. So that's my approach. And I think the 30 minute video, which I'm happy to share would help you see Oh, and then the other part of this is that's not going to surprise you. It's a prerequisite. Before people can start my crypto course, they have to do work on beliefs with money. <laughs> so, so oh boy, yeah, I take that work seriously because you know it's just not going to work. I mean, you've got a hundred whatever thousand crypto teachers out there, and they just ah go here, go here, do this, go here, whatever you know, whatever. I I know too much about human consciousness. I have too much understanding. So I, I have to approach it from a conscious, aware, spiritual perspective. Also, That's my right. value system, I don't believe, I believe the only value of crypto is, is, of course, financial freedom. But what's the point of financial freedom? The only value in financial freedom is improving the quality of life. That's its only value. 
And if you don't understand how to improve the quality of life, then you're just going to scatter around and really not do so. I spend actual time focusing on quality of life and how to do that, how to, for each person, how to do that. No one teaches that. No one. Well, and see, and that's all I want for my mom. I don't care about the many. I I care about her feeling safe, secure, and happy for the rest of her life. And you can manage it, though. You could manage it for her. All right. Well, Well, when you said she can manage it, you saw her expression, right? She was like, (laughs) I know. Because she has limited beliefs around how she handles money. So there you go. Your program would be perfect for her. What what are the two of you sisters or what? Um. We've been best friends since we were like 15. Okay. Okay. So you know each other pretty well, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. Better okay. than most. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's, it, it, this whole thing is an opportunity to shift beliefs with money, whether, regardless what you do in crypto. I mean, it's just, it's a, you know, it's a backward kind of, you know, opportunity. To, and to, do you find that people's um, beliefs around money come from past lives, current lives, childhood, all, um, all the above? All the above, all, all the above, everywhere. Mm-hmm. All the above. Yeah. Society, and you're not society. just healing. Do you also think, Howard, you're not just healing the belief around money? It's going to be far deeper than that because there's a worth issue. There's some it's other things far, that are. You are 1000% correct. It's beliefs about money are never about money. They, they're never about money. But they're, they ultimately come down to self worth, sense of personal value, sense of deservingness. And one of the biggest words I use a lot is permission, permission mm. a lack of permission to be yourself, to know yourself, to feel your truth, to speak your truth, to celebrate your truth, to share your truth, and to create with others with your deepest truth. That's what ultimately it all leads to that, or ultimately leads to authenticity, honesty, integrity, and self-love. But self-love is an overused term. You have to break it down into manifestations of self-love. If you're a Capricorn and you're predisposed to deny yourself permission, for a hundred different things in life, you're not going to move ahead until you shift those beliefs, that limiting permission thing. Mm. Or if you're a Leo and you're obsessed with how you look out in the world, but you don't pay attention to what's really true for you inside, which is the classic life lesson of Leo, then you need to come to terms with that and work. You can see every sun sign has its own unique, you know, lessons to learn. Howard, I feel like you are the most authentic, successful teacher I think I've ever listened to in my life. Oh, wow. That's, that's quite a compliment. The center the yeah. There's talk. many people, they're good talkers, right? And they can talk and talk, but I can sense how very authentic you are and your intentions. And you are so freaking smart. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, I got to tell you both, when I saw the name of your podcast, which was what, two, two or three weeks ago or something like that, I had this, this immediate sensation, this immediate feeling inside me. Oh my God, I have got to connect with these people. I don't know who they are. I don't know who they are, but I just had that immediate feeling. So it was just right there. So I, I feel like there was definitely, you know, forces at work, you know, Whew, I got chills all over. Many bringing us together. Yeah, you both are amazing, amazing beings. I, I just enjoyed this so much, really. 
you really are very good with your words too. You're able to speak it in a language to where even beginners or people that are just awakening to their sense of soul can understand it. Yeah. Well, you know, I've had, I've had a lot of, a lot of opportunities for practice and I, I, I put in two dedications in my book, one dedication to my mom was what she told me that, you know, in her own 1950s thought processes, just put your mind to it. You can do whatever you want. Just put your mind to it. Right. And then my dad's dedication was it's a sparring partner. <laughs> he was he was like the ultimate sorry part he debate me on everything and he believed what he was arguing with me i and then i found out later that gemini's just love to spar they love to debate they love to argue <laughs> wow <laughs> so i attributed my communication skills to uh, to that and there was one instant i was doing my homework one night and i gave him a clever response and he, I remember he said, you're wasting your time in mathematics. You should be a lawyer. <laughs> you want to know what I love? I've noticed that when you talk about your mom and you talk about your dad, both of them are coming from that place of just love energy. Like you, even though your dad seemed to challenge you more, you found the love in that for him. And, I, and that's awesome. It took a lot of work and a lot of forgiving. Gosh, Howard, it's been such a pleasure. It's I, I really I, enjoyed you. Me too. Tell people the name of your book. Here's what I can offer. I'll make a sort of a special thing I'm just thinking of now. For people who sign up for the roadmap, which is free, and basically what it is, a lot of people today are in transition, any number of different types of transitions. They're trying to sort out their priorities, to sort out where they want to go, and dealing with unprecedented challenges that they've never ever been able to deal with and sometimes it's really hard to put things in perspective see the big picture and have a framework where you can break things down into specific milestones that are valid for everybody even though we're all very different so i put a lot of work into you know condensing uh 30 plus years of experience into this yeah program. the roadmap is a PDF downloadable ebook, maybe about 40 pages. And basically it creates that framework. So that from and a timeline essentially. So from wherever it is you are and for wherever it is you want to go and whatever you want to get to, this uh -huh. roadmap document will provide that framework. And what's cool about it is I wrote each chapter with great emphasis on a story. You know how people learn from stories far more than mm -hmm. the concepts. And so mm -hmm. I took real life examples of real people over the years that I've worked with, and I condensed down a story about what happened with them and I, you know, in our conversations. And that's the predominant focus of the ebook, although we hit the topics, of course. Wow. To make it even better than that uh, for yeah. your audience, whoever downloads the roadmap, not only are they going to get the ebook, I will additionally uh, give people my book for free. Wow. Wow. Yeah. But they have to reach out to me. So that's the requirement is that I'll say is that after they get started with the roadmap and the receiving emails, they'll have my email or they can do the telegram group support. They can just come to me and say, Howard, I'd love to get 
your book for free and I'll give them another page where they can download the entire book. Awesome. Craft your genius life. It's important for our listeners to know that you and your team will meet them where they're at. Absolutely. And let me lay out, let me highlight one, one piece of that. A lot of people today are just struggling with cash flow, with just having enough money to pay their bills. That's it. And they're so, it's so much of a, of a, of a challenge that they can't really move beyond that point at all. Their whole life is surrounded by the constant fear, worry, anxiety about that. And what's so beautiful in life crafting is uh, years ago, I designed and developed a whole complete separate system for that one issue, for that one area. And I will help people resolve short-term cash flow, but you know that in the Maslow hierarchy, it's the bottom rung, you know, the survival energy, resolving survival fear and survival energy. And I will work with people and give them the toolkit, you know, for that. And my, I have a promise to make in regards to that, which is gonna make you guys laugh. My promise is no resumes and no job interviews. <laughs> <laughs> Howard, I'm curious. This is so random, but I'm curious. What are your hobbies? Oh, I have two major hobbies. And in fact, they are in, like, I have this one minute video, howards360.com. If you go there with your phone, you'll see this one minute video. And I mentioned my two hobbies right in my, my, literally my first video. So the first one is classical music, which of course, you know, you've heard me talk about that. Yeah. I, own, I own all the works of Beethoven. I have uh, an incredible sound system that's otherworldly. It's one of these esoteric, crazy <laughs> sound systems. But if you hear the music on my, you will never be the same again. It's one of those kinds of experiences. So that's one of my hobbies is music and sharing music like that with people is what gives me great joy. And the second hobby, which I think you guys are going to love, is fountain pens. Fountain pens. So I'm a, I'm a collector of vintage and modern fountain pens, inks and paper. And I wrote an article, uh, which is on my LinkedIn profile. It's called, Want to Change Your Life? Get a Fountain Pen. <laughs> yeah. So, and I have old-fashioned pen pals, actually. Wow, how Fun. Yeah, exactly. The article on fountain pens it cuts really deep into the fabric of how our lives have become disconnected from each other. Mm -hmm. That in years past, when we didn't have technology and when families were would gather around the table for dinner and yeah. share their day, and there was just this beautiful connection. And then yeah. when you didn't have email, you didn't have phone, you writing letters was the only vehicle you had and the only way you could write a letter in 1936 <laughs> a fountain pen <laughs> was the only thing available to do and so the whole point of the article is to awaken that gift again in people but there's a sensuality in writing with real ink on beautiful paper that is by itself extraordinary so uh, my parents moved to colorado but my mama was in louisiana and she used to write me i kept every letter i knew they would be important 
And then when she passed, I was the only granddaughter that was out of town. So I had a trove of all of her wisdom and it is priceless to me. Yes, exactly. That's right. Those tend to become keepsakes. They tend to be treasures and valued and think of how radically different compared to like emails that we read. That the key today uh, in our society as a whole is connection, both with yourself and with others. The fountain pen is just a beautiful, sensual way to reestablish those connections. Come back into the moment, into where you are right now and express that truth that is right there for you. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, Howard, thank you for all the offers you threw out for our guests. If you could just shout them out again, shout out where our listeners can find you. Anybody can email me at Howard at lifecraftingprogram.com. Howard at lifecraftingprogram.com. So you can always email me there. The main uh, offer I made is for our life fulfillment business roadmap. Then for those people uh, from your podcast, I'm making the additional special offer that once you get signed up for the roadmap and you reach out to me personally, I'll give you a link, you know, to get my book for free and all the various things that go with that. Then the nine part video series, Mind Control for Freedom. I will put all of those links in the show notes. The Telegram group. This is a red pill Telegram group. I, I sometimes joke about it and I say it's out of control because, because there's hundreds and hundreds of people on there just keep posting massive amounts of, of red pill every day. But anyways, it all started out with the video series and to have a place where people could discuss the, the nine videos and all the stuff that we're that we have in there. So anyway, but if anybody joins the, the group, they can introduce themselves and mention your podcast, and then I'll give them special treatment, special love and hugs. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I love that. He's offering hugs too, you guys. Okay. <laughs> you can either get a virtual hug online or you can, come, oh, yay. Or you can come to San Francisco and I'll give you a real one. Oh, yeah. I like that even better. I love San Francisco. <laughs> I am both amazing women and I'm just, I'm so thrilled that we, that we connected today. Same. Absolutely. And now it's time for Break That Shit Down. I invite everybody listening to this to give yourself the gift of just allowing all that we shared today to come into your space, into your energy, into your mind, into your heart, and just allow it to be there, to be present there. And then just Feel into that, feel your guidance and whatever action you feel called to take, take the action, take the action from that. Thank you so much, Howard. It has been such a pleasure. Great pleasure to me. I look forward to talking more soon. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.